everybody. I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this Thursday, February 22nd. The audio show is what we do today. Listen back to some of the big stories of the week. Uh, Juan Carlos, here we go. Let's hit the first one. Like AC power generation plants of the last industrial revolution, NVIDIA AI supercomputers are essentially AI generation factories of this industrial revolution. Every company and every industry is fundamentally built on their proprietary business intelligence and in the future, their proprietary generative AI. That was a guy by the name of uh, Jensen Huang. He is the CEO of NVIDIA, which, in case somehow you haven't heard, is the new, new thing in technology. It designs chips that go into the computer processors that fire a whole lot of the generative AI large language models, and thus that company is making money hand over fist. They reported <laughs> earnings yesterday, Wednesday, after the bell. Here's, here's the great part about the earnings announcement. They uh, had $22 billion in revenue in 90 days, right, in three months. Mm-hmm. That blew past expectations, which had been for $20 billion worth of revenue. But the market in after-hours trading yesterday was disappointed because they didn't blow past earnings revenue enough. A mere $2 billion in earnings revenue, uh, uh, beating expectations. Um, NVIDIA is going great guns. They're up, sorry, just checking here, 15% today as we speak. I looked earlier. They're up something like 1,800% in five years. Uh, I mean, don't buy at the top, but holy cow, artificial intelligence and all the companies related to it are the, the hot new thing. Yeah, can you imagine if you bought that stock like right? two years ago? Totally. <laughs> Totally, totally, yeah. totally. Oh, boy. Well, uh, AI kind of relates to our mm-hmm. next clip, which is from an interview I did with Washington Sec- Secretary of State, Steve Hobbs, not Washington, D.C., the state of Washington. <laughs> I was at this uh, election summit at the University of Maryland a couple of weeks ago with all these state and local election officials from all over the country, plus folks from federal agencies. So Washington Secretary of State oversees his state's elections. And I asked him, along with a bunch of other people, what scares him headed into this year's election the most? And here's what he said. There's misinformation attacks that that keeps me up at night. You know, the robocall in New Hampshire was definitely a wake-up call to people. I mean, that could happen in our state. There could be a AI-generated video uh, from social media that maybe it gets taken down after a day or two, but does enough damage where people ha- have doubts about our elections. Hobbs told me the wildest story, you know, that didn't make it into the final version of the story mm-hmm. that I did for your show. But he was telling me that there's this one county in the state of Washington where the county election officials who are Republican got an email from someone saying that this system they use that is like a system that's used across all election systems federally and in order to get certain federal funds, you have to use this system that basically protects you from malware attacks and from outside hacking into your election systems. Someone sent the county election officials an email saying that it was like a George Soros-funded PSYOP thing and that they shouldn't use it because it was going to undermine their elections. So this county decided not to use the system 
that literally is designed to protect their system from attacks. And so he was in the middle of negotiating with them, trying to say, well, you're not going to get this $80,000 grant to improve your systems unless your systems include this thing. And they are like adamantly refusing. And he said, you know, it's not just the misinformation on social media. Somebody sent an email to people (laughs) and it came from like someone else they trusted who had seen something on the Internet. And that, you know, sort of snowballed into this thing that could literally put this entire county's election system at risk. Wild. Completely wild. And we we just uh, just don't be gullible, people. Don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just gullible. These things are very convincing. I mean, and, and, you know, he Hobbs there referenced um, this AI generated robocall that used President Biden's voice to discourage um, voters in New Hampshire's during the New Hampshire during the primary last month. And this could happen anywhere. And Hobbs uh, said that states are investing a lot of money in making their elections more secure building public confidence. And he individually has asked his state legislature for more than a million dollars for this campaign that would run ads, not just on where to vote and, you know, what the voting, you know, when you're going to when you can vote and when you can register, but also things like, hey, your voting machines are not connected to the Internet or here are the systems we have in place to make sure that this process is secure just to help people build up confidence and that the process actually works yeah yeah all right uh next one here we go i did the grocery shopping for my family i started doing that when the (laughs) pandemic hit and i still have sticker shock my my brain has not reset to the higher prices that i see and in some cases the smaller packages that i see Mm -hmm. every saturday when i go to the grocery store so that was Neil Kashkari. He's the president and CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of uh, Minneapolis. We had him on Marketplace yesterday. And I asked him the obligatory, you know, what more data do you want to see? Are you surprised uh, that uh, the economy is still as robust as it, as it is, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, look, do you get why people are frustrated at the high price levels and, and you know, what is going on in this economy big picture? And he said, as you heard, yeah, totally, totally get it. Um, he also, just for those of you who are, are um, uh, more Fed-watching inclined than perhaps others, he, he also said he's mostly in favor of just holding rates where they are for the time being. He's not thinking about a cut anytime soon. So who knows? Yeah. I love that interview. It was interesting because at the, I guess it was towards the end where he was saying something that could have indicated a potential rate hike. And you were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you really saying? And he was like, no, no, no. I'm just talking about holding rates steady or a cut, not raising rates. This is fun. Fun stuff. All right. Last one for today. Uh, Let's hear it. The cereal category has always been quite affordable, and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. So some of the things that we're doing is first messaging. we got to reach the consumer where they are. So we're advertising about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. Wow. 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 I can't believe they're leaning into that. But that was uh, Gary Pilnick, who's the CEO of the food company W.K. Kellogg on CNBC, talking about how the cereal brand is marketing towards consumers who are still feeling the pinch of high food prices, um, often for the shrinkflation, which we're definitely seeing in the cereal aisle with less 
content in those boxes, even if the boxes stay the same size. And anyway, USDA data shows that Americans spent like more, little upwards of 11 percent of their disposable income on food in 2022. And it hasn't been that high since 1991. And I think this it's really fascinating to me that they're using this idea of eating cereal for mm-hmm. dinner as That's a positive thing, thing. thing because cereal is often not the most nutritionally balanced meal and it's it's a very like college student thing yeah. i'm i'm really yeah. surprised that they're leaning into it but i mean i guess if it sells they must have tested that with some kind of focus group. I, okay. I guess. And, and also that they're calling it a destination. Cereal is a destination. Like, really? I don't, I'm going to pass yeah. on that one. Thank you, Mr. Pilnick. Same. Same. Well, anyway, that's it for today. Uh, join us tomorrow for Economics on Tap. We'll have the YouTube live stream starting at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Juan Carlos Torado is on the other side of the glass from me today. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Talia Menchaca is our intern. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.